the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad that you joined me today. And I really like this particular topic because this is about the new year. And so I want to say Happy New Year to everyone. And are you ready for the best year ever? So what kind of year are you going to have? And how are you going to successfully close last year and set those powerful intentions for the new year? Well, that's kind of what we talked about last week. And we talked about a couple of things last week. I want to give you a little bit of a recap because I want you to understand that that setting New Year's resolutions, this is not, we don't want to vilify those because I see New Year's resolutions as vision setters. And so they are intended to be like a reference point as to what I'm believing is God's will for me, his perfect, his good will. And I don't use them to beat me up because I haven't arrived there yet. So I need to make sure that those resolutions or goals, they're reference points and they're intended to keep me working toward that ultimate goal. So they're similar, you know, to a map. They keep me in a mindset of progression and they are not intended to be used as shame creators or condemnation ammunition, you know, something that I have in my artillery that I can pull out and harm myself with. That's not what New Year's resolutions are for. So we talked about the first one last week was the position with intention. I position myself or I have a position of intention and that I need to position my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit, my body to be intending on God's will. So my intention is to follow God's will, to know God's will for my life, knowing that he, he understands I can't be a detective and I'm not always great about knowing God's will for my life. I can know it in an abstract manner. But sometimes it's hard to know, am I really doing God's will? So we talked a lot about those beautiful verses, especially in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, that tells us that he has good plans for us and, and they're not to harm us. They're for a hope and a future. And then it goes on to say that when you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that that's really part of intention. That's a huge part of intention is that I am regularly seeking God with all my heart. And then we talked about this next thing was the idea that I need to close the year, close the year off, and I need to keep it closed. And, and that doesn't mean that everything in last year is resolved. And there are going to be some things that happened last year that are going to take maybe a couple of years to actually resolve. But I want to close as many things out as I can. I really want to make sure that the past is really the past. 
and that I'm not bringing the past into the present with me and then having it affect my future unnecessarily. So it's very important when we talked about that wonderful verse in Isaiah uh, 43, 18 and 19, that God is saying to us about the past. He says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm doing something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert and rivers in the badlands. I'm bringing drinking water for the people I chose, the people I made especially for myself. And so what God is saying is, even if you had phenomenal successes last year, he says, forget about it. Don't dwell on that. I want you to be seeing the new things that I'm doing, the new things. And so it's imperative that we recognize that when God is saying, forget about the past, he's saying, forget about the things that maybe all your horrible, terrible mistakes, because I'm doing a new thing. He's also saying, if you had great successes, I can even top that. I can even do better. Because he's wanting us to live in the day that he's given us, just today. And so we are needing, it's imperative, as we are resolving and closing out last year, that we probably have to go through some of that grief and loss process of letting go of some of those things and really accepting that that is really what has happened. Because the past is really only for us to learn from. It is not ever to be used. Hindsight is never to be used for self-abuse. That's not what it's for. God says he puts our sins as far as the east is from the west. He remembers it no more. And see, God can put our sins away and forget about them. He doesn't need to learn from them, but we do. Humans learn by making mistakes, and God knows that. He ha- and so it's comforting to me to know that God has made provision for every mistake that I'm going to make in my life. He's already seen all the successes, and he has seen all the failures, and he has provided for all. And so I can be comforted in knowing that I'm just walking out this life, that God has already done the whole thing, and he's walking with me, and he won't leave me. And he's not going to forsake me in the midst of it. So I can have the courage to make mistakes. And we did that in the secret, secret to Success, where we talked about no fear. And so you can, you can find one of those shows on the podcast as well. But it's important as we're doing this, as we're saying the past is the past, that we are accepting and we are forgiving. And those things that can't be resolved, maybe they're too big then we need to do the best we can with as much of it as possible so that we don't carry a lot of emotional baggage into our future. And then we talked about creating new beginnings and that God says in in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And we, we have several verses about new beginnings and this whole thing about God is doing a new thing in us. And that we are to be looking for that new thing. And so we talked about what might be getting in the way of that new thing. What am I afraid of? What are my old ways of of thinking? Like the the chapter in, in Isaiah 43, what am I not perceiving that God is doing? What are my false beliefs? Am I feeling like I'm too old? I'm not smart enough. My past failures are, are defining me. I'm struggling with the same sin. And we talked about at length that, you know, we have this tendency to fall into condemnation and think that God can't use us because we're, we're sinning. And we have to really understand that God doesn't have anybody else to use but sinners. That's, that's who we all are. There was only one person that God used that was not a sinner, and that was Jesus. 
So it doesn't mean that God is agreeing with our sin or condoning our sin. He's accepting who we are today because he knows he's doing a good work in us and he's working on that with us. So what he's wanting from us is relationship. That's how we overcome habitual sin. That's how we overcome that sin that so easily besets us. It's developing relationships with others, developing relationship with ourselves, developing relationship with God. And we need to seek, and then we ask, and we believe. And that's where we have this beautiful verse in Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I love this one. This is Isaiah 30, verse 18. He said, But God's not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. He takes the time to do everything right. Everything. So those who wait for him are the lucky ones. So we are to ask. We are to seek. We are to believe. And so we position ourselves with intention. We close out the past year. And we let God continue to create those new beginnings for us. So this fourth one, we're going to spend quite a bit of time on this one, is in this new year, I will manage my internal and external world. Now, what does that mean? My internal and external world. Well, I have to tell you that Americans as a culture, we are extremely externally focused. We only focus on what's outside of us, people, places, and things. We rarely deal with what's inside of us. And so I'm always telling clients that if I don't manage the internal, the external won't work. If I don't manage my internal world, who I am, how I relate with me, my relationship with God, then the external world is not going to work. And we, we as, a, as a culture really want to fix the external world so that we feel better inside. And it really works the other way around. So this is about self-care. Managing that internal, external world, that's, am I willing to care for God's precious little one? And truthfully, no one wants to do this. See, I'm with myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I can't get away from me. Even though I may have tried many different ways and I might distract myself, like we all have all kinds of ways to get away from ourselves. But truly, if I want success, if I want a good day, if I want a good year, if I want a good life, I need to make peace with me. And I need to deal with my internal world. And so when I'm managing my internal world, the external world isn't as difficult, isn't as scary, isn't as overwhelming, isn't as painful. And I really can attest to that. So this is truly about self-care. It's self-management. It's, it's parenting myself. It's, it's, um, taking care of that little one that's inside of me. Because you see, God tells us we are all children, and he tells us that it is better a millstone is placed around their neck than they harm one of my little ones. Well, that, just does, that doesn't just mean little children chronologically. That means his children, which is us. He doesn't want us to harm ourselves or others. So when I'm managing that internal world, there are five realms that make up the human condition. And these are the areas that we're going to work on managing in order for myself to be congruent. So when I work with clients, this is one of the things we work on. In the internal world, or my world, that I really truly have the most control over, even though I might not feel like I have control over myself sometimes, I need to manage the physical, the social, the intellectual, the emotional, psychological, and spiritual world. That's the ones that I'm working on. 
So internally, I need to work on why is it that I don't want to take care of myself physically? Why don't I want to do things for me that would cause me to be taken care of? And I need to work on managing that. Socially, I need to say, how am I dealing with my social world? Am I dealing with codependency? Am I dealing with assertiveness? Am I dealing with um, lack of confidence? Am I wanting to only socialize so that I don't have to deal with me? I need to deal with my intellectual world. What is it that I think? How do I think? And am I thinking responsibly? Do I believe everything I think? Is my brain calling the shots versus me telling my brain what to think? What kind of information am I putting into my brain? What am I allowing myself to think on? The emotional psychological realm is the next one. How am I handling my emotions, my feelings? Am I judging my feelings? And then I have to deal with the spiritual realm as well. What am I doing in my spiritual life to take care of me so that I can be my own best version? So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment while we talk about your best year ever. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia, and this is Cynthia Hyatt, and I want to remind you to um, check me out on my uh, Facebook page, which is Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., and that's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T, Inc., or Incorporated I-N-C., and certainly my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com, and I always love it when you give uh, me comments and let me know what you think about the shows and what helps you and any different topics that you want me to address. So today, if you're just joining us right now, we are talking about your best year ever and how we do that. And we were talking about the first one is that we position with intention. So we position our hearts, our minds, our soul, our body, spirit to be seeking and asking God's will. And the second one is that we close out the last year. We resolve the last year and we don't bring that into the new year. We really, really work on closing out that year and keeping it closed. And we talked about that verse in Isaiah forty three eighteen. It says, God is saying, forget about the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. Do not perceive it. And, and obviously there are some things that cannot be resolved in one year. But we want to do the best we can to really have this new year. And we talked about those new beginnings that God says his mercies are new every morning. So we get to start over every single morning. And that third one that we were just finishing up was... Creating new beginnings. God's creating a new thing in me every day, and he's doing new things. And so the way that we manage those three directives is that we looked at these five realms that make up the human condition. And these are, these, this fourth one that we're talking about is I need to manage my internal and my external world. And the internal part is that self-care, and am I willing to care for what God cares about. That's me. Am I willing to care about me and care for me? And so these five realms that make up the human condition, we have the physical, the social, the intellectual, the emotional, psychological, and spiritual. And so that means that in my internal world, I'm practicing position of intention. And I'm bringing that last year to a close and keeping it closed. And I'm allowing new beginnings. And I'm managing these worlds. I'm loving God, myself, others, 
in the physical, social, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual arenas. So I want, to, I want to practice, how do I do the internal world physically? Well, am I in touch with my physical body? Do I know what's going on with it? Am I willing to take care of it? Am I willing to do the things that help it do its job? Because you have to understand, your body works really hard for you. Our bodies are very forgiving, and we mistreat our bodies terribly. And they keep working as hard as they can for us. Socially, how am I managing my social life, my social world? How do I act out in my social world? Am I, am I trying to be my authentic self or am I, becoming, am I trying to be somebody I think I'm supposed to be? Am I struggling with codependency? Am I struggling with confidence? What's going on in that social arena? Am I unwilling to socialize? Am I isolating? And so then intellectually, what am I putting into my mind? What am I willing to watch when it comes to movies or TV? What am I willing to listen to? What am I willing to read about? And so sometimes they cross over because you see in my social world, there may be some things that I need to set boundaries with. There may be conversations that I need to resist having because of what it causes me to think about. And so it's important that I understand that I, I tell clients this frequently. My brain is supposed to work for me. I don't work for my brain. So am I on top of how I think? How am I thinking? What do I think about? How do I think about me? How negative am I intellectually? And what do I allow myself to think on or think about? And then we have the emotional, the psychological realm. How am I managing this, this, the emotional part of me? Am I judging my feelings? Am I accepting my feelings? Am I resisting those feelings? Am I stuffing feelings? Am I acting out on my feelings? Am I managing my feelings, my emotions? Because you see, God made us emotional. That's how he makes humans. He is very emotional and we are made in his image. And so he has all the full feeling realm, the full range of feelings. When we look at the life of Jesus, he felt all those feelings deeply and completely. And so in that part of me, I want to be an emotionally, psychologically healthy person. And if I'm struggling in that, any of these realms, part of good self-care is getting myself the help that I need and finding out how can I be that best version instead of just accepting, well, I guess this is just the way that I am. I guess I just have to live with it. See, God gave you to yourself so that you can give yourself back to God. So we want to make sure that, wow, he gave us a gift. He gave you you. And if you don't think you're a gift, you need to be talking to God about that and talking to somebody else and finding out what happened that I don't see myself as a gift. And so that's that spiritual world. What am I doing to, to really work in my spiritual life? Because that's the relational peace with God. And I'm needing to have that relationship with God in order to hear what he's wanting me to do, in order to find or experience his perfect will for me. And so relationships take time. Am I taking time to read his word so that I hear his voice, so I learn about who he is? Am I taking time praying, meditating on his word? And I'm telling you, praying is tough. Praying is hard for me. I have a very active mind, and I can get very sidetracked and have a hard time doing that. But I practice that as a spiritual discipline because that's part of my relationship with God. I want to have that connection with God. Otherwise, my life does not work well at all. 
So how am I managing that spiritual realm? So the first two areas, those are external world. And this third one, the, the last three, those are my internal world. And so these are the areas that, that we talked about. There's this ripple effect that if I'm trying to control my external world first and hoping that it ripples inward, then I'm doing it backwards and I'm going to get very tired and discouraged. It's kind of like if I lose weight, then I'll care more about myself. It, it doesn't work that way. The way that, that we help people with weight issues is they have to befriend themselves. They have to care about themselves so that they can care for themselves. And so when we are managing our internal areas, the emotional, the intellectual, the spiritual, it's much easier to manage whatever is happening in the external world. Because I am with myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I need to make peace with me. I need to enjoy my own companionship. I need to not be at war with myself. If I am at war with myself, it's very difficult to do the good thing, the good work that God has for me, that he's wanting me to enjoy if I'm at war with myself. So it's going to be harder to have positive external behaviors regarding how I care about myself if internally I am not at peace. So as we are moving toward this next segment, I want you to think about how am I managing my internal world? How am I managing my external world? What do I need to get a better handle on that so I can actually do the good work that God has for me to do? Because he does. He Remember he told us in Ephesians, he says that we are God's handiwork. Ephesians 2.10, we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So when we are reconciling our past, we are saying the past is not going to define my present or my, my future. My past is a part of me, and it taught me either who I wasn't or it taught me more of who I am. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we are working on and talking about your best year ever. Thank you for joining me again. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so glad that you joined me. And if you just are hearing right now, if you're just listening in, last week we started this, uh, this message of your best year ever. And we talked about a couple of things last week. And if you, if you missed last week, you can go to my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And these are all podcasts. So you can listen to that one. And we are finishing up today this best year ever. And I really love this message because it's always encouraging when I get it because I always do new things with it every time I present it. And God gives me new things to, to talk about as I do it. So just a little recap. We started with it's a position of intention. This is how we start our new year. We position ourselves with intention. And the intention is that we're seeking hard after God's will, that we want to hear his voice. That when he tells us that we are his handiwork and he has created since the beginning of time a good work for us to do, we want to know what that is. Because when we are doing that, we are going to have the best life ever as well. Regardless of the pain that we experience, when we are in God's will, it's a phenomenally strengthening position. And it is part of the authenticity of who we are. 
So when we are doing what God has called us to do, there's great, great congruence and resonation with God, and it gives great fulfillment. And so that doesn't mean we get to feel that every moment of every day because we're human. And it's tough sometimes to stay in that, uh, to stay in sync with yourself and with God. But when we position ourselves with intention, that means that every day we talked about is a new day. He gives us 24 hours. God knew we needed new beginnings. So we get to position ourselves every single morning. And it's important that we do that, that we position ourselves to ask for God's will for that day. And we say, your will be done in my life today on earth as it is in heaven. We ask God for his will to be done. And when we're doing the Lord's Prayer, we're also asking that he, he gives our daily bread. So we're saying to God, and so I need today, for today, just today, to be able to do that will. And so when we're talking about positioning ourselves, we're saying that we are using our free will to die to self-will, to enter into God's will. And then we talked about this idea of closing out the year and why we need to close the year out and how painful that can be sometimes. And that we probably have to go through the grief and loss process. But God is doing a new thing, and he's saying, that's the old thing. I want to do the new thing. And so the old thing and the new thing are like a different fabric. When we talked about new wineskins, he said, you don't use new fabric to patch up old fabric. The fabrics don't match. So yesterday, last year, is an old fabric. We don't match it with the new fabric. The only thing we do with the, the past year that we bring with us is what we've learned. And we are not to have any condemnation because God is very understanding with humans. He knows they learn by making mistakes. And so the comforting thing for me is that God has made provision for all my mistakes. He knows every mistake I'm ever going to make. As soon as he created me, he saw it. And he has created provision for all the successes as well. And so then we're going to really work on allowing God to do new beginnings in us. And the way we do that is we close out the year as best as we can. And then we're going to really commit to managing our internal and our external world. And this is imperative that if, if this is one of the only things you get from this show, I will, I will be happy, is understanding that if you don't do the internal work, the external will not work. And Americans are notorious for being focused, all focused on the external world. They want to get all their ducks lined up in a row and do everything out here. And then if they get all that done, if only, then they'll feel good inside. And so this internal work is about self-care. It's about caring for what God cares about, and that is you. And if you don't care about you, it's imperative to find out what that is about. Why don't I care about me? Because I won't be able to do the work God has called for me to do if I'm at, if I'm at war with myself. If I hate myself, if I don't like myself, it's going to be very difficult to hear God's voice, and it's going to be very difficult to carry out the work that he's called me to do. So we really want to work on this internal and external issue. That we do internally that spiritual practice of being able to hear God's voice, of daily working on relationship with God. How can we know what God has for us if we don't know him, if we don't talk to him, if we don't learn about him? And so it's imperative in this whole management of the internal and external world that I find out, what do I need to do physically? What do I need to do socially? What do I need to do about my intellectual world? What do I need to do about the emotional, psychological world and the spiritual world that I live in? And how do I manage those arenas 
so that I can be who God has called me to be. Now, we're going to start this next segment in a, in a minute. We're going to go on a break here, and we are going to talk about this fifth one, which is living in love and the importance of living in love. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about your best year ever. Well, thank you for joining me again. This is Conversations with Cynthia, and I am Cynthia Hyatt. And I would love it if you visit me at my website, that's CynthiaHyatt.com, C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T, and I am a keynote speaker as well. So I would love to speak at any of your events, and you can contact me through that website for that. So we're talking about your best year ever and how we're going to do that and the way that God is going to help us with this new year. And that we can start a new year every day. So the nice thing about having a 24-hour day is that even if it's July 30th, I can start a new year. Every day is a new day. And so we talked about the position of intention. We talked about closing off that, closing up the, the last year, really having the past be the past, creating new beginnings, managing that internal and external world. My goodness, that's the the physical, the social, the psychological, the intellectual, and the spiritual and managing that, and that we want to really work on managing the internal world so the external one that we live in works better for us. And so this next one is living in love and why this is so important to have the best year. And First John 4, 7 and 8 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And I'm going to read it to you again. And this is in the message version. And I like to read different versions because it kind of helps me get a a fuller understanding of the verse. So this is the message Bible. It says, my beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. That's really important. I really want you to, we're going to stop for a minute because we talked a lot about the internal world and that how do I know God's will for me? How can I know God? Well, it says right here, if you don't know, you don't know him if you don't love. So if you don't do that self-love, that care for self, it's going to be much harder for you to know God. And so the verse goes on to say, this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. And so it's imperative that we live in love. And we can't love others well if we don't know how to love ourselves. And we t- when I talk to people about love, I'm not talking about like indulgence and this like weird, creepy self-love. What I'm talking about is I need to love who God loves, right? He's telling me, beloved friends, continue to love each other. Well, I'm one of those people. So God is saying, I love you. You need to love you. I want you to love who I love. Now, 
when I am understanding this, what I'm understanding is, is this, just think about the love chapter. I want you to realize that when God wrote the love chapter, he wasn't just telling us how to love other people. He was saying, this is how I love you. I am patient. I'm kind. I'm long-suffering. I don't rejoice when bad things happen to you. I hope. I trust. My love never fails. So this is how he loves us. This is how he loves me. And what he's telling me is that if I love me that way, if I'm patient and kind with myself, if I don't say things to myself like, well, Cynthia, you know, that you made your bed, you lie in it, right? If I'm not treating myself in a derisive manner, if I'm accepting that love from God, loving myself, I am that much better able to love others. And when I am in love, in God's love, then I am much better able to hear his voice and understand his will and what he wants me to do in this next year. So it's imperative that we understand this idea of love and that love never fails. You are with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You want to be someone you want to be with. Don't treat yourself the way your worst enemy would. It will absolutely take away the joy of living and cause you to be in a needy state because you are going to be seeking out people to be nice to you because you're with someone that's so not nice to you. So I'm hoping that you're hearing the importance of this, that one of the ways we live in love is that we have love within us because we're accepting God's love, loving ourselves and loving others. So as we do that, I want you to remember that what we're learning today is how to allow for God's best, how to create an internal environment that invites God's will and his way and creating this foundational approach to living my new year. This will cause me to better hear the Holy Spirit and to manage whatever successes, failures, and hardships that may be coming in the new year. So lastly, and this is most importantly, don't worry. This one's imperative. I can't tell you as, the, as I've learned about this and researched this more, how very imperative it is when God tells us, do not worry. And so in Luke twenty four thirty six, this is the word of the Lord. He says, peace be with you. And John fourteen twenty seven says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. It's very powerful words. And even as I say it out loud, I can feel more peace. So I want you to understand that worry and peace cannot coexist. They cannot coexist. You can't have worry and peace at the same time. And I want to give you some, just some interesting um, new research that is out right now that neuroscientists have, have discovered this interesting phenomenon about the human brain and that it's like this on and off switch because it can't focus on both a positive and a negative feeling at the same time. Now, this is a huge discovery in that we all thought we were these great multitaskers, right? So as a result, they also discovered that the brain will always pick the negative before the positive. That's interesting, isn't it? That tells us how fallen our brain is. That even if we are, are hardwired in our personality to be optimistic, our brain, that organ in, in our head, always goes to the negative first. And one of the reasons I'm convinced that it does is that part of this is a survival mechanism, is that we go to where the pain is, and we focus on the pain as a way to relieve the pain. And actually what it does is it increases pain. So you see, our brains are always trying to help us avoid pain. So as a result... It focuses on the problem rather than on the solution as a way to change it and protect us from the problem of pain. See, it works in the reverse. 
So we all know that famous verse, you know, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. And what this simply means is that the more that I worry about things, people and situations, the more anxious I become and the more my mind finds to worry about. So instead of focusing on what is, it now begins to focus on what if. So what, what does this mean? When we, instead of focusing on what is, that's the present moment. It focuses on what if. What if is the future and what if is the bargaining with the past? What if I did that yesterday? What if last year I just made that one different choice, then everything would be different? See, once we do the what if, we now are going to increase our anxiety. Now, when I talk to you about not thinking on negatives and refusing to worry, I'm also wanting to make sure that you don't, that you understand I'm not telling you to avoid things or to stuff things. Because remember, in the last show, we talked about the fact that, you know, buried feelings are still alive and they have a lot of energy. And the more you bury them, unfortunately, the heavier and more oppressive they become and the more energy that they have. So when we talk about this idea about understanding that the brain always goes toward the negative, it's important that we are in charge of our brain, like we talked about in the last segments, that we, we need to be managing our own internal world. And intellectually, I need to be managing what my brain is doing. That my brain works for me, I don't work for my brain. So when my brain goes to a negative, I need to make a decision. What is it telling me? Well, do I need to address that? Or do I need to turn it into a positive? Do I need to dismiss it? What do I need to do with whatever it is that my brain is pointing out to me? And so this idea of focusing on what is versus what if, I want you to see in Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 34. This is in relation to worry and anxiety. And I, I love this because the what is in this passage is all that God does and will do. The what if in the passage becomes the striving and worrying about tomorrow and what it holds. So listen to this for a minute as I read this passage in Matthew and find where the what is and the what if. All right, this is, if you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. See, there's far more to your life than food that you put in your stomach and more to your outer appearances than the clothes that hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. That's the what is. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best men and women in the country look shabby alongside of them. So if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen. Don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting, so you can respond to what God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. That's the what is. 
He's saying, don't worry about missing out. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. He's telling us, don't worry about the past. The past is done. Don't worry about the future. The future hasn't come. And he says in this last verse, I love this. This is verse 34. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And I had this this wonderful just analogy that happened the other night. I was back in our back office feeding our cat, and our cat jumps up on this little desk, and I put the food out there for him, and, and he jumps up there, and he's excited to eat his food. And so I opened up the drawer to get the food, and as I opened the drawer, there's this huge big bag of cat food, and it dawned on me. I went, abundance. Oh, my gosh. There's so much God has to give, and I worry about the one little meal. And God says, I've got a whole bag. And so it's important to understand we can't add a single day and it adversely affects your physical health in major ways. See, worry is, is the, the British Medical Association claims that 60 to 80% of physical problems are rooted in our thinking. It's not so much our arteries that are the problem, but our attitudes. And the effect of worry on the body is well known to all who are involved in treating physical problems. And we're finding more and more the effect that negativity is having on our organs and how much it increases cholesterol, what it does to our intestines. And it actually changes the the organic structure of the brain when people fret and worry and think negatively in prolonged states. And we train our brains to even think more. So you have to understand that brain chemicals are immediately put out, stress Hormones, stress neurotransmitters, every time we have a negative thought. So you can understand why God says so adamantly, do not worry. He knows what he's talking about. So this is imperative as we go into our new year. That what are we going to do? We are going to have a position of intention. We're going to position ourselves with the intention of seeking God's will. We are going to bring the last year to a close, and we are going to keep it closed. And we are going to let God create new beginnings. We are going to open ourselves up to new beginnings and understand we are a new creation every morning. We're going to manage our internal and external world. We're going to live in love. And we're not going to worry. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me and God bless your day. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.